prepare to experience the strongest radio allowable by law. Secrets will be revealed. Myths dispelled. From the studio gym where excuses never apply. It's Superhuman Radio with your host, Carl Lenore. Hey, hey, welcome back to another episode of Superhuman Radio. Today is Tuesday, and everybody knows what Tuesday is. It's Coach Rob Reggae. Calling all Blueprint Army. Fall in line. It's time for the Blueprint Power Hour with Coach Rob Regish on the Superhuman Radio Network. How you doing, Rob? I am doing great greetings from the great Northeast where it's still... Only 43 degrees out. <laughs> really? Yeah. It's, you know what? We had a couple days that were up around 60. Um, but April can still be chilly up here. So we're looking forward to May and everything that follows. This We've had a crazy uh, seasonal transition this year here in Louisville, Kentucky. It's just been... It's been the most bizarre weather of hot and cold and hot and cold. And then you get, you yeah. get, you get, you get really cold weather for a few days. You get surprised with like a, a 78 degree wet day the next day. And then it goes back and it's cold again. And it's like, it's <laughs> crazy. Yeah. But we only have, we, our, our four seasons in Louisville, Kentucky are, are, are winter, derby, summer, fall. <laughs> That's right. When is Derby? Yeah, it's starting already. This weekend is, is the uh, this weekend is the Thunder Over Louisville event, and that's a uh, oh, oh man. Awesome. Well, they've they've got they've got B one bombers, and they've got fighter jets and air displays, and then they've got boat. We have boat races. We have the, uh, the there's a rivalry between uh, Ohio and and Louisville. They have their paddle boat. We have our paddle boat. They race down the river. Uh, it's, 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 it's two weeks of, of debauchery. It, you know what? People, people talk about the Mardi Gras, but yeah. this is the civilized Mardi Gras. No women are flashing you their boobs to get you to throw beads around their neck, but this place is filled up with handsome human beings. Yeah. It's amazing. It's amazing. Yeah. I've been down, I've been down there during Derby week, so <laughs> I know. Um, Louisville is, you know, for those of you that haven't been, it's probably the most fun town that you never hear of insofar as vacations. It really is. And some of, and I'll say this too, some of the best food and people oh, in the world. One of the greatest kept secrets is, is, is our cultural uh, areas yeah. of this city. You know, what's really yeah. funny. Your buddy, and I want, I want to just mention this because he's going to listen to this and he's going to say, I was just talking to Carl about that yesterday. Your buddy, <laughs> Sean Knernshield. Oh, called yeah. me yesterday and he said, "Look, you know, you and Lisa do the derby." And I said, "You know, we used to, but now we do it like once every 3 or 4 years because it takes us 3 or 4 years to forget about right. like all the chaos and all the money you spend and 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 then it's all over." And so, right. we're going to go out of town this year, I said probably. But he said that his right. mom wants to go to the derby because she loves horses and she always wished that she had a horse and so he was just talking to me about the Derby just yesterday. It's hilarious. hilarious. It is unlike any other event in America. Yeah. It really is. And, and obviously Thunder Over Louisville is right up my alley. So, yeah. And the drinking. Uh, People come here just to do the bourbon trail. We have a bourbon trail through the countryside of, wow. of, of Kentucky. 
that you go from one distillery to the other and you drink, and that's all you do. You visit this distillery, drink. Visit that. I mean, they're all about partying here. I'll tell you that right now. Yeah. What's going on? You have a special offer right now for the audience, right? Yeah, I've actually got two big announcements. Well, maybe three. Um, the first is that after a long period of being sold out, Mass Pro Synthogen is now in stock at PredatorNutrition.com. So for those of you in Europe, um, there again is your avenue to uh, to get the absolute best recovery agent. Uh, I was actually getting overflow messages to Facebook. Um, why, I got about six different messages from people. Uh, asking me, when, when, remember I forwarded a couple of them to you. They were like, yeah. "When will Predator have it again?" I was like, right. "You know, I don't even I didn't even know they were out of it." Yep, they've got it. They they sell out. Um, even and that's with trying to forecast, you know, uh, advanced sales and stocking up and so forth. But uh, the long wait's over. They've got it now. So that's big announcement number one. Big announcement number two has to do with, I call it the red-headed stepchild in my product lineup, uh, Tranquilogen. Tranquilogen, for those of you um, that haven't tried it yet or taken the plunge, we have a great offer going on, and the offer is as follows. If you go to tranquilogen.com, and that's spelled T-R-A-N-Q-U-I-L-O-G. E-N. <laughs> right, you Tranquil- better start. You're going to have to come up with names you can actually spell yourself, you know. <laughs> right. So, if you use code uh, TQ20, it gives you a full 20% off either a single bottle or for those of you that are into stocking up, and I know a lot of you are, um, the twin pack as well as the case of four. That's already 10 and $30 off respectively. TQ20 will get you 20% off on top of that. So um, it's a great time to either try it or stock up on it. Why, I, I think Tranquilogen is a very misunderstood supplement, and that's why pe- more people don't use it, because we're all about hyping up, revving up, grinding up, and we never, ever balance it out with right. some uh, levels of tranquility. And people don't meditate. I, I, look, I'm, I started meditating 20 years ago. And I don't even take the time to meditate anymore. And it's such a bad I, – I hear those words come out of my mouth and I think, well, you're the dummy. But <laughs> Tranquilogen is kind of like for those people who want a supplement that will give them a lot of the benefits right. uh, of, of those types of uh, 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 nervous system balancing agents will do. Right. And it really it contains the big three, big three curcumin, rhodiola. Um, and ashwagandha, as well as 5-HTP and astaxanthin. Put it this way, um, I had blood work done just yesterday at my doctor's, and it, and I got the results back already. It is a product that you're really going to be glad that you've been taking when you get blood work done, because you can see it in your blood work. It's amazing. Um, in addition to the taking the edge off benefits, it's really a sharp product. Yeah, it's 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 a, it's a it really takes advantage of the adaptogenic process. All right, the first question comes from Chris Dowder. He said, uh, "What do you make of Taylor Hooten and the Hooten Foundation? Did he really die from steroids, like his father claims?" Yeah, this is going to be the long, sad story of a father, uh, his son, who unfortunately committed suicide. 
and the political nonsense that surrounds steroids and, and their evil reputation. So I'm not as well versed in this as you. If I recall correctly, you actually had uh, his, his father, dad on Don. the show. Yeah, probably. I want to say it was probably 2006. Right. But but the short story is this. Um, Taylor, by all accounts, was a very well liked um, uh, promising young baseball player, and he also had a cousin. I can't recall his name, but he had a cousin who played professional ball. So he was all set to make his mark uh, during his senior season, which unfortunately never came because a month past his 17th birthday, he hung himself in his bedroom, which is a tragedy. Listen, I'm a father myself. I can't imagine anything going through anything worse than that. Um, but there were some interesting circumstances that surrounded it. Don, the story that Don will tell you is that his son was on a cycle of, I think, DECA and some other drugs. I, I forget which ones. And that he had recently come off and was suffering from depression, which ultimately led to suicide, which, look, that, that's a that's quite a jump, okay? Um, no matter who has the disease, depression, and I say that as somebody who had... Who suffers uh, from depression from time to time. Right, right, suffers from depression. So it's not like I get it. Um, the, they had just returned home, I, as I understand it, from a European vacation. Um, they spoke to Taylor in no uncertain terms that his behavior, apparently he had some angry outbursts and uh, attempting to steal a digital camera, I guess, while on vacation, that that was unacceptable and that he was grounded. The next day, he asked his mother to lift that grounding. And when she denied that request, uh, he went upstairs, used several belts, and hung himself from his door in his bedroom. So that's the story that Don Hooten has publicly disclosed. What he hasn't told you, and that he what he almost never mentions, is the fact that his son was on a drug known to cause suicide. To cause not just depression, but also suicide, especially in teenagers. That drug was Lexapro, a drug that unfortunately I am also very familiar with. And let me say this, I was no teenager when I took it, but I have never been suicidal I was for the three weeks that I was on that poison okay so I get it I've been there I've used those same drugs there is no doubt in my mind and there should really be no doubt in anybody's mind that Lexapro unfortunately led to his son's death and not anabolic steroids now Don may, when I emailed Don about this issue, the reply back I got, and I told him, I said, that's exactly the scenario that I think happened. Lexapro is to blame. Sorry to hear about your son. Nobody wishes that on a father. But Lexapro is a lot more likely uh, than steroids. He emailed me back, and his response was, are you a doctor? Yeah, right. Because the doctor that was familiar with my son's case said that it was due to um, post-cycle depression. Was this the doctor that, he, that told him to cease? Is this the woman that, that you're talking about that he's still referring to? Because on, on my show, I questioned him, and he actually kind of crumbled and said, well, 
you know, uh, we didn't know anything about post-cycle therapy. She didn't oh, No, she didn't know anything about post-cycle therapy. Yeah. So I don't know. He didn't name the doctor specifically. But listen, there's no money in blaming Lexapro. There's no, in fact, of- in fact, it'll suck money out of your life because the pharmaceutical industry will crush you and your offspring, too. <laughs> Yeah, and I think Congress. I think Congress even enacted a law that made it impossible to sue companies, drug companies. But anyway, be that as it may, there is money in blaming anabolic steroids, which brings me to the Taylor Hooten Foundation, which is an organization that Don runs, purportedly to educate young athletes about the dangers of anabolic steroids. But it gets pretty lucrative, you see, when, among other entities, you can shake down Major League Baseball for multi-million dollar contributions really? to, oh yeah, steroid education. And little another little detail Don likes to leave out, he takes a percentage of that as a salary for himself. Right. So, listen, one more time, no father should have his son commit suicide. But to profit off your son's death, in my opinion, that's that is disgusting. He may well believe it's anabolic steroids. He 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 may well have himself convinced of that. They're they're a convenient. I don't, I don't think he does. I think deep down in his soul, he knows the truth, but he can't speak it because then that would that he'd have to go out and look for a job then, and and he would right. have been seen as disingenuous all this time. You know. You know. Here's the interesting thing about that. So. What, what people need to understand about the, the introduction of an SSRI after using any kind of nandrolone product. So whether it's, whether it's decadurabolin, which is a long-acting nandrolone, or nandrolone phenylpropionate, which is a short-acting nandrolone, all nandrolone products uh, produce a dihydro version of themselves yep. just the way dihydrotestosterone comes from dihydro uh, from, from, from testosterone dihydronandrolone comes from which is actually a, it's, a, it's, a, it's um, I'm trying to give the, uh, the, the name of the actual molecule but anyway um, and that has been associated with completely shutting down dopamine in fact I would almost bet that the reason guys get uh, erectile dysfunction when using any amount of DECA, I, I had the same problem. I know what it feels like. Is because it actually does interrupt dopamine production uh, to such a, de- a great degree. Um, and it also shuts down libido. It increases prolactin just like trenbolone does. So all of a sudden you have all of these uh, hormone and neurosteroids shifting. And then you introduce something that raises serotonin through the roof. Because that's what a serotonin reuptake inhibitor does. It stops the absorption. It keeps it out there in play so the nerves are constantly being bathed in serotonin. This guy became – this kid became so emotional uh, that uh, that hanging himself for not getting his way seemed a rational decision. Yeah, and that that is as good an explanation as I have heard – from anyone. So, but Don Hooten doesn't deserve to keep doing what he's doing because unless he's willing to amend his original position and say, okay, it also the SSRI that my stupid doctor put him on also while not paying attention to some sort of po- post-cycle therapy 
uh, really is what led to him committing suicide. Yeah, and imagine if he had um, approached the situation differently. And what I'm talking about here is, hey, you know, he sees his son starting to lift weights, his son starting to put on, you know, weight. I think they said his weight went from like 185 to close to 200. Yeah. Imagine instead if he had sat down with his son and had an open and honest discussion about the pros and the many cons of anabolic steroids at age 17 use. You know, that's a lot more credible message than, oh, my God, those steroids are going to kill you. They're, Hitler was taking them. You know? <laughs> oh, that's all you yeah. got to say. That's all you got to say. Imagine what they're going to do to you. Uh, because, frankly, every 17-year-old that I've spoken to has seen the wisdom in the following statement. At 17, do you really think it's your hormone levels that are holding you back in terms of building muscle? No, it's much more likely your McDiet you know, the hours you're keeping and you're training. So, uh, you know, unfortunately, it doesn't sound like that was the discussion that was had. And as a result, uh, throw in some god-awful drug like Lexapro and some usual teenage angst, and presto, you get suicide. So, long story short, no, I do not believe steroids killed Taylor Hooten. I, it sounds like Don himself might have some doubts, but listen... Profiting off somebody's death, you're, in, imagine your your son's death is disgusting, in my opinion. And that's exactly what's going on. Hey, Rob, uh, before we go into the break, I want to give you a heads up. I just sent you an email. You need to open it and send back the complete file because for some reason the file that you sent me only has one question in it when I open it. Oh, okay. But that's yeah. okay. So I want to take this a little step further and kind of get a little cerebral here for a second. Yeah. So this morning... I saw a post by a well-known doctor um, on on Facebook, uh, and he posted an article, a, a recent publication that actually was done by uh, Bassine and uh, who's the other guy? Wood uh, was it Woodward? But anyway, they, these guys are famous for doing anabolic steroid studies. You remember Bassine's original research on 600 milligrams of testosterone and anthate? Oh no, cypionate a week. I mean, he, he did some great, no, no deleterious changes in metabolic function. It was really good. But so right. um, th- what I was going to say was that they just published another study saying, oh, we've got to study anabolic steroids to understand the harm they're doing to young men because of their body dysmorphia, because they want, they, they want to look a certain way. And so these drugs are really, really harmful. And I'm reading this article this morning, and I'm thinking to myself, wait a minute. Is anybody looking at the plastic surgery industry for the potential health problems from booty implants and calf implants? Uh, is anybody looking at any of the, the stuff that it happens in the average uh, uh, plastic surgeon's office, sucking fat out of people, uh, their bodies, that we know that that changes visceral fat storage? I mean, no one – it's like as soon as you stick a needle in your ass because – and you say, well, I want to look a certain way, somehow you are crazy. But somebody will yeah. go under the knife and look like the Wildenstein woman. Like, why didn't they medically intervene? Why didn't somebody intervene with her? Oh, no, because if you go through the medical orthodoxy and you're getting your fix for changing the way you look, that's right. okay. You can spend $100,000 and you can shorten your life and destroy your health. But don't you dare stick a needle in your ass and use anabolic steroids because you want more muscle. I mean, it's, yeah. just, so, it's just such nonsense. It really is. And I had, I had a rant on that just, just because... I was actually going to save that for uh, 
Uh, come at me, bro. But there you go. You got it today. All right, we're going to take a quick commercial break. We'll be right back with more questions to answer. Stay tuned. <laughs> New Mass Pro Synthogen X2 just upped its own legendary game. To distance itself even further from the rest of the pack, Synthogen X2 now has double the key active ingredients. If you've ever wondered what steroid-like recovery feels like, Synthogen X2 delivers. See why others compare it favorably to powerful bodybuilding drugs at Synthogen.com. Mass Pro Synthogen. When you train with it, you'll gain with it. Whether your goal is to build muscle or burn fat, you'll find everything you need at Red Con One. Need help getting a good night's sleep? Try Fade Out or the most popular pre-workout supplement on the market today, Total War. Sign up for their new transformation challenge and win $10,000 or shop for apparel that people at the gym will know that you are serious about your training. Need a testosterone booster that works? Check out Boomstick. Whatever you need, you'll find the best quality supplements on the market at Redcon One. Go to redcon1.com. That's R-E-D-C-O-N, the number one.com, or go to superhumanradio.com and click the Redcon 1 banner ad today. There are a few products that I believe in the way I believe in CanSee eye drops. I've been using CanSee for six months now, and the changes in my vision are nothing short of amazing. Wow, that's an old commercial. The truth is I've been using CanSee eye drops for 11 years now, and I credit CanSee eye drops as being the reason that I do not need reading glasses at 58 years old. CanSee eye drops improve the quality and health of your eyes indefinitely. That's why I both use and endorse Cansee Eye Drops. Go to wisechoicemedicine.com and learn about how Cansee Eye Drops can improve the health of your eyes and the quality of your vision today. Are you looking for a better way to absorb the nutrients you know you need? Do what I do and start your day with lipospheric supplements from Live On Labs. Unlike pills and powders, Live On's patented liposomal encapsulation technology transports nutrients like vitamin C, vitamin B, glutathione, acetyl-L-carnitine, and alpha-lipoic acid to where they need to be, your cells. Visit try.liveonlabs.com forward slash Carl to learn why I take these supplements every day to help me perform in the gym and in life. That's try.livonlabs.com slash Carl. Whether your goal is to build muscle or burn fat, you'll find everything you need at Redcon 1. Need help getting a good night's sleep? Try Fade Out or the most popular pre-workout supplement on the market today, Total War. Sign up for their new transformation challenge and win $10,000 or shop for apparel that people at the gym will know that you are serious about your training. Need a testosterone booster that works? Check out Boomstick. Whatever you need, you'll find the best quality supplements on the market at Redcon 1. Go to redcon1.com. That's R-E-D-C-O-N, the number one dot com, or go to superhumanradio.net and click the Redcon 1 banner ad today. This is the Superhuman Channel. Evolution just got kicked up a notch. Welcome back to the Blueprint Power Hour here on the Superhuman Radio Network. So, the next co- question comes from Joey Lash. I, ri- I really liked your answer about abbreviated training. Why is it so effective? And can you give me a few more examples? Yeah, I got a lot of positive feedback on this. I think 
because guys are, are frustrated, right? I mean, at some point in your training, you will approach what I call critical mass insofar as the anabolic or the workout rather being an anabolic uh, response, getting an anabolic response from it. Uh, and for a lot of guys, these two and three hour workouts just aren't cutting it. Uh, and so consequently, my recommendation is usually for abbreviated training. And it should be, unfortunately, it's a last resort for a lot of people. It really should be the first resort, even for younger folks. And, and so, you know, here's how it works. An abbreviated workout can be something as, as short as one set of 20 rep squats uh, and a set of light pullovers afterwards. Okay, I've seen fantastic results from that, which I'll get into a little bit later. But for most people, right, that's a little too extreme. They want something a little more robust. Uh, and there are a lot of guys that like to do full body workouts. So in that instance, what I recommend is your first movement being either a squat or a deadlift. Your second movement being a, a big compound pushing exercise like the bench or the weighted dip. Uh, one compound pulling exercise such as barbell or dumbbell rows uh, or my personal favorite chin-ups, weighted chin-ups. And then finishing with an ab movement. Given those four movements that work the entire body, um, there's no wasted effort there. There is no uh, additional volume that's going to work against you. And that's something that's important to remember, which is this. Any amount of sets and reps are always a negative insofar as your recovery ability is concerned. You're digging a hole. The issue here is we don't want to big, dig too big of a hole that you can't climb out of before your next workout. Uh, earlier, I referenced the war that's going on in your body every day between anabolism, building up of tissue, and catabolism, tearing down. Obviously, when you're young, anabolism is here, catabolism here. But then as you age, the situation gets you know, catabolism is going to dominate. My point is everybody and their brother is trying to up anabolism by eating more food, eating more protein, taking creatine, taking anabolic steroids, et cetera, et cetera. Very few people are working the other side of that coin, which is would be to lower catabolism. And note, note the reference. Even in the absence of more anabolic activity, lowering catabolism allows anabolism to dominate. The most powerful weapon you have in your arsenal to lower catabolism are abbreviated workouts. Okay, The Russians and the Bulgarians, they all did studies on this. They took blood work before, during, and after exercise um, to determine that at about the 45-minute mark, of an intense workout, cortisol starts to dominate. Didn't, didn't Lee Haney claim that, that he never trained for longer than 45 minutes? And look at the physique he built. Yeah, he may have. I, I He did, because Lee Haney said, once you train for longer than 45 minutes, the net result becomes less. And his motto was, was to stimulate, 
not annihilate the muscle. Yes, yes, that that was yes, absolutely. That permeated his thinking, right? And it it should permeate your. Now thinking think about too. that. Maybe he went in a couple three times in a day, but he never trained for, for longer than forty five minutes because he said that catabolic hormones go through the roof. And right. there, scientific research at that time and currently still shows that that's true. Right. And and you, listen, we're not talking about slacking off here. In fact, I have trained people that, have, you know, they started work. They were training three days a week and two or three hours at a time. You switch to 30 minute workouts. It brings down it brings their focus right here. Right. And. It, it matters what you do in the workout, not how long it is. But also, but also psychologically, things line up for you, and here's why: because when you know you've got, you know this workout that you've created, right? These movements, these reps, these sets that you've detailed, that you're going to go perform, will take you 45 minutes. You make it take you 45 minutes. The reality is that you will govern your strength output. You'll, you, you'll get to a set and think, oh, I got two more sets after this. I'm just going to stop there. But right. if you know you're only going to go in there and, and train hard for 30 minutes, that's all you got to be there for, you will actually put out a lot more force because in the back of your mind, you're not going, man, I got two more sets of these to do. I can't you know, crush myself right here. Yeah. Yeah. So, and just a couple more things to close. I mentioned before about an entire workout maybe being a 20-rep set of squats and, and breathing pullovers. And guys are like, man, you know, is that really enough? Well, let's think about this. I think we can agree that even for older folks, adding five pounds a week is doable. Okay. Even if it took you 40 weeks, still less than a year, you would add a hundred pounds to that big barbell lift. So you tell me when your squat goes from 200 for 20 to 300 for 20, you think you're going to be carrying more muscle? Absolutely. 100%. It has nothing to do with the length of the workout. It's got everything to do with what you do during that workout. Um, so that's it. You know, in a nutshell, abbreviated training. Give it a shot. Uh, the last point I wanted to make, I'm not, again, we're not talking about slacking off. That person that was working out three times a week for two, three hours at a time, he can now work out four or five hours a week because he keeps – his workout duration to thirty to forty minutes, and that's the hard, that's the part of the, the that's the part of recovery that you can't control. Once you make yeah. those deep inroads into the nervous system, once you deplete those neurotransmitters, they have a you, you can't speed them up by taking an extra IU growth hormone or right. <clears throat> or any type of drug. Right. The recovery of the nervous system is the thing that limits your ability to go in and train hard every single time. And so yep. when you don't make deep inroads in every workout, you end up training harder in the long run. Let's, um, let's, let's go to another question here. This one comes from Joe LeDuc, L-E-D-U-C. Okay. I hope it's LeDuc. Um, I'm running into issues with my shoulders. Although they're not, quote, unquote, hurt, they do feel like they're moving in that direction. Any pointers? Yeah, so um, you can go anywhere in the world. Any gym in the world, the most prevalent injuries are shoulder injuries. <laughs> Mostly, that has to do with overuse. Too much bench pressing, too much incline pressing, too much, the whole nine yards. It just, it really screws up the shoulder. Um, and I say that, and now think about this. The two biggest offenders 
are the bench press and the overhead press. Notice where my elbows are. 90 degrees out, out from the body. That is a very weak and dangerous position, and we make it worse by piling hundreds and hundreds of extra pounds on it. And the proof of that is when you are walking along and you trip and fall forward, you don't splay your elbows out to catch yourself. <laughs> you tuck them in, right, where the wrist, the elbow, and the shoulder are all in line. So it makes sense to pattern your big compound lifts after that that motion. Where, so, where, where you're actually strongest. Yeah, yeah right. Cause, you yeah. know, because that was brilliant. I remember one time you came on the show and you were like, if you want to find your groove in the bench press, get a, a broom handle, get on the bench, and arc right. from the back to the front until it feels weightless. Right, oh, yeah. Right, I, right. There's no way. Yeah, that's your groove. That's where you're going to be strongest. That was brilliant. Right. Right. And and I would further tell you, you know, if you're not a power lifter, uh, the heavy weighted dip is a superior movement to the bench press for the reason that you're moving the body and the weight through space simultaneously. And your pecs and uh, shoulders are stronger there, right? right. Once again. And, right. And consequently, uh, they're stronger. So it becomes a question of what other movements can I do beside the bench press and, and the overhead press? Well, Again, the heavy-weighted dip is a great one. Push-ups uh, with the elbows tucked in are another great exercise. Guys will say, well, I can do a million. Okay, do them with one arm or do them with your feet up weight. on the wall. Put some weight on you. Right. Or if you just don't want to do body weight stuff, the one-arm barbell jammer press is another movement that keeps the wrist, shoulder, and elbow in line. So... Um, and then finally, you know, guys are like, man, what about overhead pressing? Well, look, overhead pressing is a great, great movement, but it still suffers from the elbows out syndrome, as I like to call it. And and look, and the really the, the real area that guys hurt themselves with overhead pressing, believe it or not, is in their lower back. Mm. Because in order to get the, if they're coming off their chest. Right, you got to arch your back far enough so you don't hit yourself in the chin as you're coming up with the bar. And guess what? Okay. All these guys end up with lower back problems. Yeah, and and so um, the the better movement in that case would be handstand shoulder presses, which okay, most people are not going to be able to do them uh, when they first try them. But you know, where there's a where there's a um, a will, there's a way, yeah. as they say, right? Yeah. So the best way to learn that movement, frankly, is first just kicking up into a handstand against the wall and building up to being able to hold that for a minute and then um, go through a series of progressions, which, look, the, the book Convict Conditioning is obviously highly recommended. However, um, the steps in that series, I think, can be improved upon, meaning uh, I went out to Walmart, I bought those interlocking foam mats for children, they're a quarter inch high, which is perfect. You stack 10 or 12 of them up, you touch your head to it, you build up to 7 to 10 reps. Next week, you slide out one mat. Every week, just take out one mat. Pretty soon you'll be there doing handstand shoulder presses, which anybody who knows anything about strength training knows you need the strength of a silverback gorilla to pull those off. 
Um, and then if you want to get further into it, you can buy a pair of handles, which will increase the range of motion. Um, but, you know, easy easy and steady as she goes, as I like to say. Start with the handstands for time. We're, get, we're getting questions out in the, in the viewing audience, so we're going to answer one of those now before we go into our next break. Yep. And then we'll get Marcus's question on the way uh, down the road a little bit more of the show. So Sean Buffington says, what are your thoughts on the carnivore diet? I don't know that I'm totally familiar with that one. Um, Do- Dr. Sean it? Baker really breathed life into this diet and yep. popularized it. But the reality is it's been, it's been around before. Um, I want to say uh, Stefanson. Uh, yep. who did a lot of his research on what is basically a carnivore diet, a meat-only diet, uh, yep. back in the, I think it was in the 50s. Yeah, it was in the 50s. Um, wow. So, I mean, it's been around for, for a while now. Have you yep. not, so you haven't heard anything about it recently, like people? No, I, don't, I mean, I don't know the particular, I've heard of it, but I don't know what the particulars are, and, and so it's difficult for me to comment. Um, it's, just, it's just a meat-only diet, no vegetables, no fruit. Obviously, no grains. No one should. I mean, people shouldn't be eating grains in any large quantity at all. But yeah, um, it's just no, it's just no, a meat only diet. Yeah, no fiber. That one's a little hard for me to stomach. No, it's not for me. I mean, you you don't need fiber. You don't need fiber, and, and you just have to look at the longevity of people who have had colonoscopies because they have to be on a low residue diet. They can't have any yeah. fiber, and they 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 don't have any uh, malnutrition issues with that disease at all. Wow. Well. Um, well, I, I I would bow to that reality then. Listen, I think meat is fantastic. I think humans are absolutely meant to eat meat. And uh, but I don't think honest, I don't think it, I don't think it's the way we we've eaten through evolution. It's not. N- yeah, you're probably right. I mean, we're, we're, look, we're cre- we're creatures of 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 accessibility and a, and 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 fortune. You know, if we came upon a field. Of fresh lettuce, wild lettuce, you know, we'll we were gonna it. we were gonna be vegans for a couple of days because it was that that was just easier because we're genetically predisposed to conserve energy while gathering food, and so you know the the, the thing that we would have done was be, uh, be, be opportunistic. Oh wow, we just killed a buffalo. We'll probably eat buffalo for the next four friggin' days. You know, that's right. it, that's it. But Absolutely. it's not like as though they went. Wow, we can't find any buffalo, and all we have is this uh, is is this fruit over here. But we're not going to eat that because we have to eat buffalo. No, they ate the fruit for four days. Yeah, yeah, you know, uh, no, and so human beings would be, I guess, what you call omnivores, right? We'll we, take are, we are, we are. We're we're absolutely omnivores. And but I, I, you know, you know what the interesting thing, Rob, about the the carnivore diet is? It's actually the same thing about the vegan diet. It's the same thing about the keto diet to some degree. Um. When people go from eating shit, I had to use the word to emphasize how I feel about it, and then all of a sudden they just go to eating lettuce or just going to eat a steak or just go Real. to eating, you know, fatty bacon. The universe of things they cut out, that's why they <laughs> feel good. Yeah. Right? But they can't yeah. sustain that for lifelong because then they will develop nutrient deficiencies at some point in time. Well, I do think it makes a lot of sense in that what you just mentioned, you know, if you're going to find, if you're going to truly find which foods your body does well with and which it doesn't, maybe allergic to, you would start, right, obviously by starting with one food 
and then subsequently adding foods to see what they did. So from that perspective, I think it makes a lot of sense. Yeah. 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 Um, okay, so we are going to take a break, and when we come back, we have lots of questions. We have a couple more questions uh, in the viewing audience. You're listening to the Blueprint Power Hour brought to you by CoachRobRegish.com. Go there today. Be stronger tomorrow. It's that simple. What are you waiting for? Come on. Get going. <laughs> Sleep is one of the most important factors in maintaining health and longevity. And in today's environment, with all the artificial light we're exposed to, there is nothing more important to use to protecting your sleep than blue blocking glasses. And there's only one blue blocking glasses that I will trust ever, and that's Blue Blocks. B-L-U-B-L-O-X. If you go to the website blueblocks.com and use the code SHR15, you'll save 15% off the single best blue blocking glasses in the world because you can wear them comfortably and still function watch tv work on your computer but it blocks all of the important blue and green light that has been responsible for shutting down melatonin production and causing people to sleep poorly don't waste another night of sleep without wearing blue blocks b-l-u-b-l-o-x tonight put them on at 7 p.m and you'll be asleep by 9 p.m and you'll get the best night's sleep you've ever had if you've never used them before you are missing out blueblocks.com you Use the code SHR15 to save 15% off. Did you know that the U.S. Department of Health actually patented cannabinoids as antioxidants and neuroprotectants? So, clearly there is promise for CBD to help with a variety of issues. HEMP's U.S.-grown CBD system is fully tested for purity and safety. For daily balance, HEMP has the best-tasting CBD tinctures available. Their Super Breath Blast delivers near-immediate relief and relaxation while on the go. And for your muscles, joints, and temples, the Magic Balm works wonders. Relax and feel better naturally with the HEMP CBD system from HEMP.com. Men and women, you've heard about hormone optimization. Do you feel like it's something you want to look into? RenewLifeRx.com is the place to start. Their doctors can help you with the solutions. RenewLifeRx.com has a simple process for lab work, consultation, and taking a deep dive into where your hormone levels can be improved. Superhuman radio listeners get 30% Send off your initial lab work and consultation. Go to RenewLifeRx.com to schedule your no-obligation phone consultation today. Feel younger, get in better shape, and be more productive at RenewLifeRx.com. There are a few products that I believe in the way I believe in CanSee eye drops. I've been using CanSee for six months now, and the changes in my vision are nothing short of amazing. Wow, that's an old commercial. The truth is I've been using CanSee eye drops for 11 years now, and I credit CanSee eye drops as being the reason that I do not need need reading glasses at 58 years old. Can see eye drops improve the quality and health of your eyes indefinitely. That's why I both use and endorse can see eye drops. Go to wisechoicemedicine.com and learn about how can see eye drops can improve the health of your eyes and the quality of your vision today. Are you looking for a better way to absorb the nutrients you know you need? Do what I do and start your day with lipospheric supplements from Live On Labs. Unlike pills and powders, Live On's patented liposomal encapsulation technology transports nutrients like vitamin C, vitamin B, glutathione, acetyl-L-carnitine, and alpha-lipoic acid to where they need to be, your cells. Visit try.liveonlabs.com forward slash Carl to learn why I take these supplements every day to help me perform in the gym and in life. That's try.livonlabs.com slash Carl. 
You're listening to the Superhuman Channel. Don't hate us because we feel good. Welcome back. Oh, look. Look how pretty. Yeah, listeners might have seen me jumping up <laughs> during that last segment. I was doing so to check on our newest addition to the family here. Oh, Molly. look, look, look. You'll never, <laughs> have to, you'll never have to wash your ears again. <laughs> <laughs> Molly is a three-month-old golden retriever that my wife fell in love with and <laughs> uh, brought her home, so... Yeah, we've we've welcomed her here, and she's going to be Ginger. Ginger, we have a thirteen-year-old Golden, uh, uh, but they're they're getting along swimmingly. <laughs> yeah, I love so, dogs. So Rob, Rob sends me pictures of his new dogs. I sent <laughs> Rob pictures of my new guns. <laughs> Rob's like, we got a new golden retriever. You got to see how beautiful she is. She, he sends me a couple pictures. I'm like, oh my god, she's so beautiful. Hey, did you see this new 44 Magnum I bought? Look what it did to my hand when I shot it. <laughs> it is a beautiful. It's a beautiful gun. Holy crap! So I, I got I, I I'm I plan on hunting bear with that gun, and so I want to make sure I have a strong enough round. So there's a company called Buffalo Boar. That makes a forty-four magnum round, yeah, in um, three hundred and forty grain in weight, but it's made out of a very, very hard metal as opposed to lead. It's called a hard cast, and yeah. the, the gun is devastating. You could actually hunt grizzly bear with the handgun if you want to, thanks to those rounds. That, that that's saying a lot because one of those animals charges you, boy. You you, you need something right. So do you, do you know do you know what ballistic gel is that they use to assimilate like going through a person's body? No. So there's this thing called ballistic gel. It's like Jello. It's like you know, it, it, but it's hard. And so yeah. they shoot bullets into it because it shows that how the power is dissipated, and then you can get a feel for how it would react in a person. Right. And these buffalo boar, uh, they they go through like. 28 inches of ballistic gel. So, like, they, they literally have been known to go th- completely through a grizzly bear. Like, there's not, there's, you have to be worried about who's behind the grizzly bear for, when you use these rounds. Wow. I know. That's- and that's why my, you see the picture of my hand? It's all bloody? Yeah. Yeah. Now you know what. So one of the guys at the range the other day was like, wow, can I shoot that? I said, sure. I said, here, put this glove on. He goes, oh, no, I don't need a glove because he's actually one of the, the, the attendants there. I swear to God, he took three shots with it. He goes, what kind of 44s are these? He goes, his hand was bleeding. His hand was bleeding. He goes, let me get some alcohol. I'll wipe the blood off your gun. I said, no, nah, it's okay. It's okay. Don't worry about it. That's power. Yeah, it is. So anyway, Larry Pohl, P-H-O-L. Um, I'm, a really, I'm really skinny, what you'd call a classic ectomorph. I'm eating 5,000 calories a day. What? <laughs> I know that's enough, but... I still have a really hard time packing on pounds. How do I circumvent this or at least get my blood, my body to respond? I'm, I'm, I'm staggered by this. I can't imagine anybody eating 5,000 calories a day and not at least putting on fat. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, well I'll tell you, uh, I came from this end of the spectrum, so I well know about what he's going through. Um, and yes, it seems at times that you can eat, you know, enough food for three people and you still don't put on weight. But everybody, but, but he's really eating 5,000 calories every single day, day in and day out. 
Yeah, I talked to him um, a little more extensively on email, and he, he sent me his diet, so he's eating 5,000 calories a day. Wow. Yeah, yeah, and, and consistently, right? I mean, it's one thing for someone to go out one day and binge on pizza and whatever and, and hit 5,000 calories a day. It is quite another to do that day in and day out. Uh, eating becomes, frankly, a job. A job, and you know, I used to set my wristwatch every two and a half hours, and it would go off, and I would just look at food, and I'd be like, "Oh God!" But I would, I would force feed, um, which, in retrospect, wasn't didn't the you best. drink corn oil for a while to get the calories in? Two cups of dude, vegetable you, oil dude, you cannot tell me that you did not have explosive diarrhea on the nights that you <laughs> used corn oil. I'm sorry, I'm not buying it. <laughs> You went, I, I mean, I that, those to, are those are some hard calories to to, to get, man. Some hard calories yeah, I, to get. I, I try to spare your listeners and my <laughs> listeners of those details, <laughs> but believe it or not, <laughs> your body will get used to it to a certain extent. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yes, for a week or two there, you're going to, you're going to know where all the bathrooms. Well, and, are. and you know what? If you go, if you interview powerlifters and you if you were to follow them around in their lives, what you'll find out is they they train, they eat. They spend time in the bathroom and they sleep. Those are the four major time expenses in, in their lives. I mean, you know, Eddie Hall was eating 15,000 calories a day. He said next to, next to eating, pooping, he said. You know, he didn't even, he, I, think, I don't even think he trained for as long as he pooped in a yeah. day. Now, I could be yeah. exaggerating that, but I, I did read an article about him that somebody did, and it was astonishing. I remember that cycle well what you just said there train eat bathroom sleep train eat bathroom sleep um so uh, i mentioned i came from that end of the spectrum at 15 years old i was six feet tall i stopped growing then by the way but that's neither here nor there i was six feet tall 143 pounds and those numbers are burned into my brain because i wanted nothing more than to build big muscles and to take up as much space on this planet as I possibly could. So uh, I set a goal for myself of 250 pounds. That's a goal that I achieved at age 25. Uh, I do not regret doing it for reasons I'll get into later. Um, But I want you to consider something else, something that I did not consider at the time because you know, all all the other signs were pointing to you need to take up a lot of space, you need to get as big as possible and as fast as possible. What I did not consider and what I would like you to consider is instead of being as big as possible, becoming as strong as you can pound for pound hmm. than anyone else. And, you know, looking back, that would have suited my physiology much better what do you what do you think uh, what do you so what do you use as the strength equation portion of just tally up your daily workloads you know reps times pounds over a period of time i'm training harder but i haven't gained any more body mass so i'm actually becoming stronger pound for pound yeah um so in other words you keep very close tabs on your weight uh, now, it may well increase, right? And look, if you get stronger, you're sending the message to your muscles to get bigger. It then becomes a, a function of having enough food and getting enough sleep. Um, but yes, when it comes to being pound for pound as strong as you can, the game is really 
um, making strength gains by leaps and bounds, which you can with various systems, without putting on a ton of body weight. And, uh, and again, I'll get back to body weight training as the ideal vehicle for that because, and this is why you should keep chin-ups in your, in your lineup regardless of your goal, you can put 20 pounds on, but if it's 20 pounds of fat or even 10 pounds of fat or five, it's going to work against you in things like chin-ups, and it will show up right quick. Stuff like that keeps you honest. Keep you right. honest. But because, so, you know, guys are notorious like, oh, I put on 15 pounds last month. And you look yeah. at them and you go, yeah, Captain Crunch, yeah. huh? <laughs> you, got a, you got a Captain Crunch Jones, right? <laughs> yeah. But back when I was doing it, um, my entire demeanor for the day or the week or the month could be traced back to what my daily weigh-in was. If I put on a couple pounds, I was a happy camper. I was – and and it – it did not matter. And, and, where and that- back then, if a guy, if a, if a sage physical culturist had come to you and said, "Yeah, but it's not muscle," you'd be like, "Dude, man, don't ra- don't 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 try to kill my buzz." Okay, I put right, on fifteen right. pounds. I don't care if it was muscle. I don't care. Right, right. And, and so you know, we're talking about putting weight on a rake, and to my mind, any weight was good weight. And uh, I live by this, and you know. I put on after X amount of overfeeding, your body becomes less adept at steering those calories toward muscle and more adept at steering those calories towards fat. So even if my waistline increased an inch, two inches, three inches, four inches, I rationed that it was still an increase. And your and squat it, and your squat would be more stable now because now you have right. you have a wider base. <laughs> right, <laughs> the stupid well, stuff we tell ourselves, right? <laughs> you know that that sounds funny, um, but there's an element of truth in the fact that you, you can put three inches on your waist and it'll help your squat or your deadlift. Yeah, because because it's actually called tissue leverage. So, like, if your belly starts to hit your inner thighs as you're coming down. That actually will help you get out of yeah. the hole. I, yeah. and, and that's why the powerlifters who, who do exclusively uh, gear-type uh, lifting, where they're wearing shirts and they're wearing you know all this stuff, they don't mind the fat because it actually helps them yep. handle the weight better. Yeah. Yep. And so there is an element of truth in that. Um, but I would tell you, from a more authentic perspective, it's another good reason to keep body weight work in your arsenal. If you're 25 years old, 25% of your exercises or movements should be body weight moves. Again, to keep yourself honest, you know, if you're losing reps on the chin up and the push up and the handstand push up, then you're fooling yourself. Basically, if, if building muscle is your ultimate goal. So looking back, I would have done it a little bit differently, and it would have been this. I would have eaten a lot. I would have eaten a ton, as much as I could. But I would have invested, uh, what, 30 cents in a tape measure. And that tape measure would go around my week, uh, my waist, rather. Um, Weekly. Every two, Yeah, every week or every two weeks. And as soon as I increased an inch in the waistline, I would have cut back on the food, which actually has a benefit to it, which is 
your body will go back to after a period of being on lower calories it will go back to uh oh internet glitch rob can you hear me rob if you can hear me the last thing we actually heard was it can go back to i don't want to take a break right now cuz we have too many questions backing up here Come on, Rob. Come on, you can do it. Come back from the other side, Rob. Come back from the other side. Come on. Oh, shoot. <clears throat> Rob, I think you lost internet connectivity. I have no choice, folks. I have to take a break. We'll get him back. Stay tuned. <laughs> Now, the number one best-selling non-hormonal anabolic agent at PredatorNutrition.com. Progenedrex has established itself as the category killer. If you're having difficulty gaining muscle while staying lean, you owe it to yourself to try Progenedrex. 100% of store reviews rated it at five stars, the highest possible ranking. And today, right now, there are guys pouring their hearts out in the gym with little or nothing to show for it. Don't waste any more time. Go to PredatorNutrition.com today and get Progenedrex, the world's absolute best drug-free muscle gainer. Sleep is one of the most important factors in maintaining health and longevity. And in today's environment, with all the artificial light we're exposed to, there is nothing more important to use to protecting your sleep than blue-blocking glasses. And there's only one blue-blocking glasses that I will trust ever, and that's Blue Blocks. B-L-U-B-L-O-X. If you go to the website blueblocks.com and use the code SHR15, you'll save 15% off the single best blue blocking glasses in the world because you can wear them comfortably and still function watch tv work on your computer but it blocks all of the important blue and green light that has been responsible for shutting down melatonin production and causing people to sleep poorly don't waste another night of sleep without wearing blue blocks b-l-u-b-l-o-x tonight put them on at 7 p.m and you'll be asleep by 9 p.m and you'll get the best night's sleep you've ever had if you've never used them before you are missing out. Blueblocks.com. Use the code SHR15 to save 15% off. Eat dessert again with the new 100% natural line of high-protein, low-carb Quest protein bars. I love lemon cream pie and strawberry cheesecake, but you can choose from chocolate peanut butter, coconut cashew, or cinnamon roll as well. No matter which one you try, you'll feel like you're eating dessert, but this is no ordinary dessert. With 20 grams of high-quality whey protein isolate, 17 grams of prebiotic fiber, and sweetened with stevia, these bars will make you feel like you're cheating, but you're not. Go to superhumanradio.com and click the Quest Protein Bar banner ad to learn more about these clean and delicious protein bars. Whether your goal is to build muscle or burn fat, you'll find everything you need at Redcon 1. Need help getting a good night's sleep? Try Fade Out or the most popular pre-workout supplement on the market today, Total War. Sign up for their new transformation challenge and win $10,000 or shop for apparel that people at the gym will know that you are serious about your training. Need a testosterone booster that works? Check out Boomstick. Whatever you need, you'll find the best quality supplements on the market at Redcon 1. Go to Redcon1.com. That's R-E-D-C-O-N, the number one.com, or go to superhumanradio.net 
and click the Redcon One banner ad today. Ever feel like you want something crunchy? From the company that gave us the Quest Protein Bar, now comes the Quest High Protein Potato Chips with 21 grams of high-quality protein and only 5 grams of carbs and no artificial ingredients. Just like Quest Bars, you'll feel like you're cheating, but you're not. Go to superhumanradio.com and click the Quest High Protein Potato Chip banner ad today and get ready to be satisfied. Thanks to Quest Nutrition, chips just aren't what they used to be. Move over, superheroes. This is the Superhuman Channel. Welcome back. So, Rob, when you disappeared... I kept saying, Rob, come back. Come back from the other side, Rob. And your face was just frozen there. It was funny. You had to, you had to be here, but you weren't. Do um, you want to pick up and finish that, uh, that comment? Yeah, the only thing I was going to say is uh, if you take my advice, especially on the body weight stuff, buy yourself a copy of Convict Conditioning uh, and work it. Uh, not at the expense of your weight training movements, but again, age-adjusted. If you're 28 years old, 28% body weight movements. Uh, it will serve you well. And I think especially so in this instance where he's an extreme ectomorph. Uh, the next question comes from a live viewer, and that is uh, Marcus Migard, Migard. He said, last week you talked about Milo Sarsev taking insulin before training and then taking carbs and amino acids during training. Do you think we can create a similar but weaker effect with insulin mimetic supplements like fenugreek? The short answer to your question is maybe, but I'm not thinking along the lines of glucose disposal agents as much as I'm thinking. Insulin mimetics. Well, flooding the body with high molecular weight modified starches, a.k.a. pure, I think, carbolin, Alpha EFX, Dr. Galini's product. Mm-hmm. Right. That is particularly um, effective. If you're already lean, um, you know, having anywhere between 25 and 75 grams of that during the workout um, can do some pretty amazing things. Um, I think, at the, and in fact, I think you were using it with Thrive, weren't you? Yes, I was. Yeah. 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 So, you know, can we re- can we harness the power of insulin to to, you know, greater grow muscle tissue and lose fat? And I think the answer to that is yes. I think the best diet for that is the anabolic diet by Dr. Mauro Di Pasquale. I think pure carbolin is probably the best carbohydrate intra workout to use for that purpose. Uh, and I do think certain glucose disposal agents such as uh, well, wait, but, not, but not you don't want glucose disposal agents because what glucose disposal agents do is get the glucose out of your body. You want that glucose to be uh, shuttled into muscle. So you really want mimetics. You want something that's going to mimic insulin, like yeah. like you know. So I mean, like cinnamon mimics insulin. Alpha yes. lipo- our alpha lipoic acid is an insulin mimetic. You'd want you'd really want those because you want because you want to create an environment like you just injected insulin. Right. And, and yes, I would tell you that in, in, in terms of seeing weight on the scale and muscle fullness, um, learning how to manipulate your own insulin is 
as powerful, in my opinion, if not more so than testosterone mm-hmm. growth hormone mm-hmm. whole nine yards. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's an excellent question. The short answer to your question is yes, um, but it would be a multi-pronged approach. It would be the diet. It would be the glucose disp- or uh, insulinomatics, right? Uh, and, and a few other twists. Yeah, I think there's a lot of merit. You know, you know what one of those other twists could be too. And I've actually had this conversation with Adele Musa, and while he doesn't believe it would produce much desirable results, I, I tend to think it's worth experimenting with. And that is this: if you were to take a nap immediately after your post-workout meal. So yeah. what we what we do know is this: that when you eat a meal and you move around. It actually will correct insulin resistance because it helps to burn up, which is basically another form of disposal, the glucose. So theoretically, when you eat and sit still after a meal, especially if there's any significant carbohydrate load in it, then your body acts like uh, an insulin pump and pumps out a lot more insulin to get the blood sugar leveled out because you're not burning the sugar off by moving around. Right. And so I, I've always pondered the idea of what would it be, what would happen? Now, I can't guarantee you wouldn't put on body fat, too. Yeah. And I don't think people taking insulin, they know they can put on body fat. That's why they take a certain amount of carbohydrates and not just, well, I'll just eat all the carbs I want. I'm using insulin. Yeah. Um, cool. But I think that if taking a nap immediately after training hard, having a meal, and then taking like a 30-minute nap, I have a funny feeling that that will put on muscle. Yeah, and again, that that's using a fundamental right rest and sleep right. to your to your advantage. The final thing I'll say, it, it triggered my memory uh, for my Blueprint Bulletin subscribers. Next month, <laughs> I have found you <laughs> an ingredient that is really going to help, uh, perhaps more so than any of the ones mentioned that you did. Uh, insofar as uh, a insulin mimetic and pushing certain ingredients into the muscle cell. Mm-hmm. I used it very effectively back in 2010, mm-hmm. almost 10 years ago now. It disappeared from the market. I found it ah. in, in, in a place that would be available to everyone, but most will not be looking. Who Who is the author of Convict Conditioning? Uh, John Peaks wants to know. The author of Convict Conditioning is Paul Wade, W-A-D-E. There are several now. I think he has Convict Conditioning 1, 2, and 3. You want the original, the first, uh, as a base for everything else. There's a lot of controversy as to who is he a real person, is he not? He's not exactly putting photos of himself out there. Well, especially if he was in jail and he learned how to do this in jail, he may not want to come out and say, yeah, that's me, the guy that was in jail. You know, <laughs> Right. You know, the guy that's now um, peddling these jailhouse secrets to the world. Right. right? Some, some, some of his former um, <laughs> cellmates might take exception to that. Yeah. Uh, let's answer John Peake's other question, and then we'll move back to the uh, question. And by the way, for those of you who want to have your questions sent in ahead of time, what's the best email address they can send it to to reach you directly, Rob? Uh, directly, you can send them to regishrob at gmail.com. Okay, so there you go. And so you can send your questions to, the, to, to him there, and he'll get them fast, uh, faster. So uh, thoughts on potassium supplementing, which kind 
and effective doses? Um, I, in the past, I have very effectively used potassium. I think it's susanate or succinate. Yeah, succinate. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, that has been a very effective form for me. He brings up a very good example and something you touched on a few weeks ago. You know, what's one of the things that anabolic steroids do so effectively? Uh, they change levels of electrolytes in, to in much muscle more, tissue. Yeah. Right. That's how, right. that's how they influence strength. Yes. That's how they influence strength through, yes. um, through, through mediation and attenuation of, of osmotic processes between uh, uh, minerals in the, in the right. muscle cell. Right. So great question. Great um, question. and he says, thanks. Okay. So now we go back to these questions here. All right. So the next question comes from Michael Hegstrand. He says, uh, what's your opinion of creatine? Is it really the best supplement for muscle growth? That's legal anyway. Looked at from a purely scientific perspective, and, and in many cases, a practical, real-world perspective, there really can be no doubt that creatine is the most well-researched, safe, nutritional supplement uh, that will put on size and strength. Um, now, there are a few qualifiers, and I want everybody to, to know this and consider it. Creatine, at best, in, in someone with a lot of muscle tissue, can add, I put on 10 pounds in nine days, okay? And yes, it was almost all in the muscle, uh, not too much spilled over, right, into subcutaneous water and, and that sort of thing. Um, now, you will read stories, and I think they're just that, stories about people who put on 15 or 20 pounds with creatine. Um, I don't think even in the most heavily muscled person, you're going to put that much on. Usually, when you see uh, those kind of claims, the creatine is accompanied by 75 grams of dextrose, um, which is going to have you hold a lot of water, obviously, and it's not the healthiest carb that, that you can take in. I also want you to consider the fact that once you play that ace card, it's done. So, meaning... You know, I have a lot of kids that come to me in the first three months of weight training, and they're already on creatine, some of them before they even set foot in the gym, okay? That is not when you want to play your ace card. Ten pounds is chump change compared to the 50-plus you can put on with proper training and diet over, you know, the first several five, ten years. Of training, I'm not saying you need to wait five to ten years, but I will tell you this: in the individuals that I train, they have to gain. I tell them they have to gain a minimum of 15 pounds of muscle tissue, more likely 20, before I think it's okay to play the creatine card. Okay. Um, now, is there, is there any real, real advantage to loading? Because a, a lot of good research came out early on saying five to ten grams a day. It takes yeah. longer to build up the muscle creatine levels, but you don't have the risk of stomach distress and and too much subcutaneous water accumulation and, and taxing the kidneys if there's any real role of that in there. Yep. Uh, the short answer to your question is no. You know, after I've, I've tried it eight ways to Sunday, loading, not loading, down to as low as three grams of creatine mono a day, 
I feel honestly that the best policy is between five and 10 grams with your biggest meal of the day. And then just leave it at that, you know, to, to shower, to attempt to shower yourself with 20, 30, 40 grams of creatine monohydrate. After the first couple of days, it results in a lot of creatine going down the toilet bowl. Well, and it increases creatinine levels yes. in the blood, right. which are right. not the greatest thing in the world. Even if it's not taxing your kidneys, it's, 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 it becomes a waste product and you got a lot of it running around your body. Right. Which brings me to the various forms of creatine. And there are many. Leave it at that. I'm going to give you the three I think that work best. First is creatine monohydrate, plain creatine powder. It seems to work for just about, you know, everybody. everybody. <laughs> right. right. And, and you can pick up a kilo for 20 bucks. I mean, come on. Right. It's, you know, that's hard to beat from a price to benefit perspective. However, um, not everyone likes uh, that heavy water gain that creatine mono will give you, especially early on. And in that event, there are two other forms of creatine that I really like. The first is crealkaline, Dr. Galini's product. Important to point out that crealkaline is creatine monohydrate, just pH buffered, such that it's a lot more effectively used by your system. How effectively? In practice, 500 milligrams of crealkaline equals 5 grams of creatine mono, plain creatine mono. The other form of creatine that is very efficient is creatine hydrochloride. I use that in Progenitrex um, and at a pretty hefty dose. So, you know, what are the equivalencies there? Well, if you're taking in a gram, that's equal to about 10 grams of creatine mono. It's just that much more effectively absorbed. And the science is starting to catch up now, I saw on my recommendation of creatine hydrochloride. It doesn't make it, you know, head and shoulders above creatine monohydrate. All these two forms do is make it much more efficient. And I, I it, took I took creatine HCL back yeah. in the days when One Fast Four Hundred was still selling it in bulk. Oh yeah, and it it, it it by far it's the worst tasting of all the creatines. I mean, it's got right. like this. It almost tastes like creatine that was soaked in ether for a while. <laughs> yes, yes. Um, and that's why it's in capsules and Progenitrex. But you bring up a good point. The the one form of creatine I'd really caution you, or a couple forms to stay away from. You're going to say phosphate, aren't you? No. Uh, oh. any, any creatine in a liquid yeah. um, has, right, has been shown. Hey, I, I can't even imagine there's anybody still producing liquid creatine because it turns to creatinine on the shelf before you even get to take it. I mean, it's just stupid. Right. Remember that right. cherry-flavored one? It, with the eyedropper, oh, you only need a couple drops of it. Oh my yeah. god, what a waste yes. of money that was! It was cre. It was uh, by about the time you bought it, it was one hundred percent creatinine. Yeah, right. right. Um, the other forms is definitely steer clear of. Uh, I don't know if they still make it. Creatine ethyl ester. Yeah, I took I, that too. I took that too. You know that's been shown to, to be pretty much worse than no creatine at all. Um, there is still. I have seen some places trying to offload it at bargain basement prices. Do not be fooled. Um, it's lousy stuff. Stick with creatine mono, crealkaline, or creatine hydrochloride. And uh, the, the um, I took creatine phosphate once. Patrick Arnold makes it. Actually, he sells it exclusively to 
the medical industry because there's a reason that they use creatine and the only creatine that they use because it was in a study was this phosphate form. Interesting. It gave me explosive diarrhea. I couldn't take yeah. it. Every time I took it, I, I couldn't I couldn't train after that. So. Yeah, there, there is merit in taking creatine with phosphates. Um, and one idea there for people that are interested is a product called uh, inacetyl hexaphosphate, mm-hmm. aka IP6. Mm-hmm. Uh, can take you know has the necessary phosphates and does a magnificent. So take job. it with your creatine. You yeah. Mm-hmm, does a magnificent job squelching lactic acid. Uh, everything that beta alanine is known for, IP6 will do faster, much faster. Really? Like the first time you take, yeah, like the first time you take it. It is more expensive, but hey. Sounds worth it. Sounds worth it. Good stuff. Good uh, stuff. At least you're trying. Robert Eaton says, I'm really getting into biking. It's, in, it's intense, but all the same time takes a truckload of cardio. Heart and lungs. I got it. Got me thinking, though. You know that commercial for Geico, the one with the biker with the huge calves. What can I do to be a better biker? And why do all bikers or most have huge calves? Have you seen that commercial? Yeah, it's hilarious. <laughs> yeah. So it's kind of a, a, a tip of the hat to the fact that almost every cyclist, long distance that you'll come across, has a pretty damn good set of calves. And I have to believe that's directly related to the workload. How many thousands and thousands of quote unquote reps, right, from pedaling up hills and that sort of thing? I actually, I actually started calling it back in 2006. I talked about it on one of my earlier shows and I started calling it occupational hypertrophy. And, hey, and I told, I told the story about Joe Campbell. Right. When I was a kid, I worked on Aqueduct Racetrack. Joe Campbell was our farrier. He was our blacksmith. And Joe Campbell had a right forearm that looked like Popeye's forearm. And he had a left forearm that was like a little twig of an arm. In fact, it was such a dramatic difference that it almost looked like he was born with an abnormality. But he wasn't. From swinging that hammer and and wrapping uh, horseshoe plates into place, Yep. Thousands of times a day yeah, yeah. for 30 years, he had a friggin' forearm that looked like he could have put an anchor on it. It would look like Popeye's forearm. And that's right. when I, I thought about it. And I talked about occupational hypertrophy. I'll challenge you to do this one. Look at the right. average person who's been driving a car for 30 years. Their right calf is always bigger than their left calf. Always. Why? Break gas pedal. Bake gas pedal. And the other left leg just sits there. Just sits yep. there. Yeah. That's, Check it out. That's a- Occupational hypertrophy. hypertrophy. It's about as good an explanation as I've heard. Yeah, um, so amazing. At the same time, I, I will not claim to be the, the quote-unquote expert on long-distance cycling. Uh, what I can tell you is that much like weight training, your training and your diet um, and your rest are going to be the primary drivers for becoming a better biker. Now, I have also gleaned a few things from John Drake, uh, the CEO at Muscle and Sports Science uh, down in Athens, Georgia. He is, he still lifts weights, but he got into hardcore biking about 10 years ago. And, I mean, we're talking about century rides, right? Literally 100-mile rides. And we're not talking just flat straightaways. We're talking about hills and some awful big ones in some cases. So this obviously takes two things. 
um, a primo set of heart and lungs, but also damn strong legs and really in, in, you know, strong, your whole body needs to be strong uh, to take those hills and stay on that bike and, and manage all of the, you know, hundreds of thousands, probably of intricate actions, reactions to keep that bike moving. From a supplementation perspective. Well, wait, 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 wait. Well, I, want, I want to ask you your opinion yeah. of something. Doesn't it make yeah. sense that things like squats, single le- pistol squats, uh, weighted squats, uh, and also even leg pressing, uh, and single leg and double leg leg pressing, especially for bikers, single leg stuff, squats, uh, pistol squats, and, and yeah. single leg leg presses, that has to be so important to have those upper legs be so massive. Because you, you, it's one leg at a time, boom, boom. But when you're going up a hill, it's one leg at a time, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, things like step-ups and pistols, think about it logically. Whether you're biking or running, you're pushing off on one leg over and over and over. So the more adept you are at that skill and the more strength you have in your squats or step-ups or what have you, you know, the more power you're going to be able to generate, the faster you're going to be able to go, the faster you're going to finish that race. I would imagine now, your back too, right, Rob? Because they when you're yeah. when you're really pumping, you hold on to those handlebars. You're pulling those handlebars towards you while you're yeah. driving the pedals behind yeah. you. Every muscle in the body, yeah, gets engaged in in a very different way than other sports. And if you don't believe that, take a mountain bike out some weekend and really push yourself. You'll see what I'm talking about. From a supplementation perspective, um, from what I gather, bikers are not as heavily supplement-oriented as we are, strength athletes. I don't think anybody is. Um, But the compounds that they find useful are as follows. Number one, they will benefit from a pre-workout too. However... That is an entirely different animal than what weightlifters take before their workouts. And specifically, what I mean is, it is a, by design, low stimulant um, type of product. And look, let's be honest, most of them are caffeine. You start taking in 300 or more grams or milligrams of caffeine out of whack, and you go on one of those century rides, even if you're drinking plenty of water, and what have you, you're risking dehydration. Okay, so that's one. If you want to, uh, he makes a product called Burn It Up that is excellent in that regard. If you want to do it yourself, model um, a, a simple caffeine tab of 200 or, or even 100 milligrams, and then a, an acetylcholine precursor such as CDP choline or um, alpha GPC, uh, those two are excellent. Now, let's talk about what to bring with you during the ride. A lot of guys um, drink, but unfortunately what they drink is all too often just a dextrose sugar drink. It's not, you know, it may help you for that next 30 minutes that your blood sugar's up here, but you're going to pay for it down here. And we're talking about literally rides that go for a hundred miles. So clearly you need something above and beyond. And in that regard, I would tell you, that carbolin, again, likewise, is ideally suited for these rides because, yes, it causes a rise in insulin, but that is all, that is a very steady, long-term rise and fall. One thing that bikers don't do uh, well 
is pair that carbohydrate of choice with a product um, that contains the essential amino acids. A ride of 100 miles up and down hills is going to leave you just as, if not more so, sore than a weight training workout. They do really well with Synthogen. Why? Well, two things. One, it provides all of the necessary essential amino acids while they're, you know, scooting along, but also huge levels of ATP. It does it, though, without creatine, which means no water weight, which works against you when you're going up hills. Okay. The final product I, I think that uh, bikers will benefit from is a product called Sport Legs. He sells this product there as well. I have not used it, um, but my understanding, much like our earlier conversation, uh, it's electrolytes and a particularly savvy blend of those electrolytes that boost performance during a ride. So that would be my summary on becoming a better biker. Uh, It's fundamentals plus those elements of, of supplementation that I just detailed. And we have no more commercial breaks or music to run, so we can go right into the blueprint tip of the day. What is it? Um, let me look. <laughs> <laughs> I got to see what my notes were on this. Sorry about that. I didn't mean to surprise you, but no, that's okay. Well, we uh, lost you that so, first time. I ended up taking a break like ten minutes early. Oh yes, okay. So the tip of the day is this: learning to use all of that strength and power and size that we develop in the gym. So it goes like this. My first and most intense love will always be weight training. Uh, it, it is what I have done for almost 35 years. It is what I have poured my heart, soul, and wallet into uh, and will continue to do so because I think the benefits that you derive from it are greater than any other single form of exercise or what have you that you can engage in. So that will always be number one. But one thing always gnawed at me, and it was this. Am I going to be able to use all this muscle and power if it it gets down to the real bottom line in my, my mind, which is a fight? Now, let me say that I've only been in two fights in my life. We're not talking about going looking for a fight because that's a very dangerous game today. Most people carry knives. Some people carry guns. Some of these people are walking around looking to stab or shoot someone. That could be you. So forget about bucking up against some per- some guy that looked the wrong way at you. Forget about getting out of your car or causing a road rage incident because bullets don't care how much you bench press. Having said all of that, at the age of 47, I decided it was time to learn how to fight. And you can call it self-defense, but let's just be honest. I go there to learn to fight, and I'm talking about jujitsu. Like a lot of other things, um, I got guidance from the weight room. So there are no small number of guys out there today that are in jujitsu or some other martial art or fighting style that lift weights. And what I was told Uh, after I explained to them, look, I'm looking for the real deal here. I'm not looking for incense. I'm not looking for special music or to find my chi. (laughs) I'm I'm looking to learn how to fight. And so they said, you need to, you need to learn jujitsu. 
as I've come to find out in the two and a half years since I've been taking it, I really lucked out. Um, because although I'm not talking bad about Taekwondo or, or Jeet Kune Do or any other form of martial art, uh, Jiu-Jitsu really is the complete art. It, a lot of people think it's groundwork, but look, it's standing up fighting. It is striking. It is throws. It is grappling. It is philosophy um, that I have come to, to know and tried to master. Let me say that this first was a very humbling experience. So I roll into the dojo at 250 pounds. I can squat and deadlift well over 500, which is no world record, but I was a lot more physically developed and intimidating than anybody else that I saw in there, okay, which I'll get to. It's another point I'll get to in a little bit. So the instructor, the first day, had me roll, which means grapple around on the ground with another guy until such time as you choke him out, or he chokes you out, or you get him in a joint lock, or he, he does to you. Long story short, I rolled for six minutes, and I probably got tapped four or five times in those six minutes. At that point, you're at a critical juncture, because you need to do one of two things. One, walk out the door and chalk that up to a fluke, or two, this shit really works. I better learn it. <laughs> it's not an easy decision to take door number two because the first night isn't the only night you're going to lose. You're hmm. going to lose. You're going to lose the second night and the third night in the first year. Okay. Maybe the first two years that you're rolling with guys. But once you remove your ego from the situation, um, it becomes a lot easier, okay? And I think a, a lot of that, frankly, comes with age and maturity. I do, I do not think if I rolled in there at age 21, being the same size and strength and got tapped that many times, I do not think I would have stuck around. I would have chalked that up to a fluke, and I would have said, you know, look, even if I don't get in fights, and this is the truth. I've probably avoided a lot of fights just given the fact nobody wants to attack a guy who's 240, 250. It looks like he could put up a fight, especially criminals who go after coward, who are cowards and go after easy targets like women, children, and elderly people. Uh, but back to my original point. Our instructor was no fan of muscle guys. As a matter of fact, he still isn't. I don't think he said one encouraging word to me in the first two years that I was there. That's just his style. Um, and he has a particular bent against strength athletes. And the reason is, and I've seen this for myself, the very few of them that summon up the courage to walk through the door, 99% of those guys are gone in the first six months. They just don't stick. It's not an easy thing. You're going to practice every night you're losing. You're going to practice every night. He's talking smack to you. He's telling you everything you're doing wrong and nothing you're doing right. But I wasn't about, <laughs> I wasn't about to let him get the satisfaction of running off another muscle guy. And I think after 
two, two and a half years, I gained his respect. And much to my great surprise, uh, when Hoist Gracie came to our school recently, I was presented with my blue belt. And so there's something to be said for sticking it out. There's also something to be said for this. If you think your size and strength is going to protect you from all forms of fights and, and such, it's not. And think about this. Even if it does, you get on the wrong side of 40, man. Every day that ticks by, you're not going to be the biggest, strongest guy anymore. You're not even going to think you're the biggest guy or stronger anymore, okay? You're going to need something else um, to carry the day if you have to defend yourself, your wife or girlfriend, and your children. And I would argue that every male out there that has a wife, girlfriend, and or children has not just an obligation but a responsibility to know how to protect yourself and how to protect them. And so that's what I'm learning. And along the way, I can tell you that God knows I'm in much better shape than when I started. Um, and that's primarily from a heart and lungs perspective. But think about it logically, too. How much more worth it is it after two years and you finally earn somebody's respect and get a belt from a guy that doesn't give belts out easy? You know, you, you didn't see what I did when you said about you have to protect your 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 wife and your your family and no, I, went, I, I, I went like this in the background the gun <laughs> <laughs> so i want to mention i want to mention something i want to mention something yeah sure um those of us who who carry and i've been carrying uh, i started carrying when i was a young man in new york traveling uh, to downtown brooklyn for college every day yeah uh, that was not a that was not with a permit but I did have permits to own guns because I hunted with handguns right. back then. Um, and through today that I carry now, right. um, when you – so a friend of mine who's from Texas many, many years ago, uh, I haven't spoken to him in, in a long time. Uh, he once said to me, everybody has a gun in Texas. This is like 20 years ago. He goes, everybody carries a gun in Texas, so it's a very polite society. Yeah. And – I, that always stuck with me. I always thought about that because just the other day I was driving my car and I'm, I'm the son of a truck driver. Elisa will tell you I'm a really observant driver. I see stuff on the road that nobody else sees. And so I turned into the right lane. He was in the left lane. When I turned into the right lane, he was still in the left lane because I took my eyes off him and turned, looked forward. And then all of a sudden he's behind me in the right lane, flailing his hands at me. Yeah. And it was early in the morning, and so I got a little hot, and I'm like, I went like this to him, like with my hand up, like what? what? What's the problem? And so when he went by, I rolled my window down, so he buzzed by me. I said, you were in the left lane when I turned. You just, I didn't do anything wrong. So then he got on the right side, I got on the left side, he rolls his window down, and he starts MFing me. Now, all of a sudden, I'm thinking, oh, man, like this dude doesn't know that if this gets escalated and I interpret that he is looking to cause me bodily harm that requires that level of force to come back, this is going to end bad because I'm going to end up in jail and yep. he could be on a slab. And I looked at him and I said, you know what, dude, it's all good. You have a wonderful day. And he yep. just looked at me. He was startled. He just looked at me like... 
wait a minute. How did what just happened? Like a second ago, we were ready to go, and you're like, and I don't even care if he thinks I'm a puss. Yeah, no. It's uh, listen. I, I stay. I, I carrying a gun makes you stay away from bad situations because you know that you can bring deadly force to the equation right. and so you just don't want to be around it's like hey i was like yeah dude have a good day man i just drove off that was it that was it yeah and you know what listen you want to know how to win a fight walk away from it. yeah it's not a fight if you don't join in it's not a fight the reality is you know whoever you're sizing up you're probably correct in that you could throttle them but what you don't know is they're carrying a gun or a knife or they got friends nearby. And even if you quote unquote win and he's dead, you're going to jail. Yeah. Your whole life, you, you, your, your whole life just took an unwanted turn. That's it. Right. And that's right. why, like, unless somebody gets in my space and won't get out of my space and I turn around to get myself out of my space and they yes. follow me. That's like that's the only way I'm going to ever react that way because ever, because at the end of the day it's my responsibility to walk away. Right. So so what I'm advocating here is this. Uh, I'm not advocating going out looking for a fight. I'm not advocating you know any of that. In fact, I just told you you should walk away. But if it ever reaches a point where the other person is pressing the issue and they put your or your girlfriend, wife, kids, well-being at risk, you need to know how to defend yourself yeah. and them. I agree. And, and um, you know, it may, it may be that I, I never get to that point. Hopefully I don't with someone. But at least I will know uh, if that does happen, I will know what to do. I may or may not survive it. Um, but... I will do what I have a responsibility of doing, which is protecting my well-being, my wife's, and my children. All right. And now my new puppies. There you go. <laughs> Don't mess with my puppies. That's it. So the website is CoachRobRegish.com. Uh, right. You can go there. You can communicate with Rob there. Uh, you can read some of his writings, his, his literature is there. And also you can join the Blueprint Bulletin, which delivers all this stuff to you. Right to your inbox before anybody else even knows about it. Well worth it. Information is the real deal when it comes to getting stronger. It really is. It's the real anabolic. And that's it for today. Tomorrow we're going to be talking about PEMF, Pulse Electromagnetic Fields, with the guy who studied it and created stuff at NASA. Cool. So tune in for that. That's going to be great. See you right tomorrow. Thanks for watching. Thank you. Thank you.